Please open your Bibles to the Psalms, because that's where you've been at as a church. I'm so fired up about that. We're going to be in Psalm 139. Psalm 139. So if you kind of open to the middle of your Bible, you'll probably land in the Psalms. If you're not sure where that is, that's totally fine. Or if you need to look in the index, that's totally fine too. So I'm just going to read the whole Psalm in its entirety, uh, and then uh, we'll pray and stuff. O Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know when I sit down and when I rise up. You discern my thoughts from afar. You search out my path and my lying down and are acquainted with all my ways. Even before a word is on my tongue, behold, O Lord, you know it all together. You hem me in behind and before and lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high. I cannot attain it. Where shall I go from your spirit or where shall I flee from your presence? If I ascend to heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in Sheol, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me and your right hand shall hold me. If I say, surely the darkness shall cover me and the light about me be night, even the darkness is not dark to you. The night is bright as the day, for darkness is as light with you. For you formed my inward parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was being made in secret, intricately woven in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed substance. In your book were written every one of them, the days that were formed for me, when as yet there were none of them. How precious to me are your thoughts, O God. How vast is the sum of them. If I would count them, they are more than the sand. I awake and I am still with you. And then this part kind of gets a little weird. <laughs> oh, that you would slay the wicked, O God. O men of blood, depart from me. They speak against you with malicious intent. Your enemies take your name in vain. Do I not hate those who hate you, O Lord? And do I not loathe those who rise up against you? I hate them with complete hatred. I count them my enemies. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. And see if there be any grievous way in me. And lead me in the way everlasting. Amen. Why don't we just pray? Father, we need you to open our eyes to see you this morning. You, you unpack for us, you reveal for us who you are in this psalm, and I pray, God, that we'd get a glimpse of who you are and that it would change us, that we'd know your comfort, we'd know your nearness, we'd know your presence and your peace. We ask all this in Jesus' name and all God's people said, amen, amen. Well, this is my favorite psalm. When Pastor Micah asked me what psalm I wanted to preach on, I just told him this and then I gave him some other options, hoping that he wouldn't pick the other ones. Uh, this is my favorite psalm uh, because of the fact that as you walk through this psalm, 
you learn so much about God. There's so many doctrines about God in this psalm. This psalm really delivers in so many contexts. I believe it's true what A.W. Tozer says, that, that what you think about God is the most important thing about you. And it is really true. Uh, now, if you know anything about my neck of the woods, where we live, I, I mean, the church is in Stevensville, but St. Joe's close by, and there's a lighthouse out there in St. Joe. And the lighthouse, uh, before the advent of GPSs and sonar and radar and all that other fancy stuff, the lighthouse was absolutely crucial for those who were mariners, those who were on ships. It was crucial for a number of reasons. It was crucial when it was dark out and they couldn't see. They didn't know if they were going towards shore or away from shore if it weren't for the lighthouse. It was crucial when there storms going left and right because they didn't know their bearings, but if they saw the lighthouse, they knew the direction to go. It didn't necessarily calm the storm, but they knew the direction they were going. Or the lighthouse was helpful when everything was calm because underneath Sometimes in some places there are rocks and reefs and various things and the lighthouse was the place that they focused on to get them safely where they needed to go. And this psalm teaches us about God. And in the midst of no matter where you're at, whether there are temptations that face you, sinful struggles that are underneath the surface, whether you feel like the storms of life are just like rocking your world, or if you just feel there's a darkness and there's no way out, the answer isn't first, change your circumstances. The answer is Look to the one who is your lighthouse. Look to the God of the universe. Because if you know his character, you'll, you'll be focused on him and not the wind and the waves. And he will take you safely home. So we are going to jump into this text. And this is kind of how we're going to go through it. I'm going to share an attribute that we see in the text. I'm going to walk through the text. And then we're going to talk about some implications, some application for us from the text. All right? So let's look back at your Bibles. In Psalm 139, O Lord, you have searched me and known me. He, he has searched us and known us. He knows every detail about your life. And God's, God's knowing of you isn't just like he knows the list of all the things that are about. It's not just details. It's not just comprehensive. It's not just knowing facts. He's personal. He knows you. When you say someone knows you, you're not talking about someone who knows a list of things about you. No, they just, they know the intricacy of how you function. It's not just about they know the clothes that you wear, but they, they know you. And God's knowledge of us is more intimate even than we know ourselves. And the text goes on. You know when I sit down and when I rise up. You discern my thoughts from afar. You search out my path and my lying down and are acquainted with all my ways. He doesn't just know where you are, but he knows the disposition of your heart. He knows how you feel. Even before a word is on my tongue, behold, O Lord, you know it all together. He knows what you're thinking in every moment. He knows what you're going to think before you think it. 
I don't know how you process things. You know, I'm kind of jealous of those who kind of think through things and think and think and think, and then they talk. For me, I talk to think. Like words have to literally come out of my mouth, and then they sometimes register in my brain after they come out of my mouth. Now, that's not always helpful, right? Like people know what I'm thinking, but sometimes I don't know what I'm thinking. Sometimes my kids are like, I really wish you would leave your mouth closed before it comes out. And there's hope for someone like me because God already knows. Even when I realize that something comes out and I'm just like, I, I want to take that, and that God wasn't freaked out by that because he knows and he does something with that knowledge. It says, you hem me in behind and before and lay your hand upon me. So hemming, be, hemming you in, it's just like enveloping of arms. When you think of like the grandma or grandpa just kind of, kind of squeezing you. Not the ones that grab your cheeks. The ones that, you're just like, oh, or your parents. That's what God does with his knowledge. He just comes around and sometimes uh, he puts you in a place that's not of your choosing, but it's of his choosing, but he's holding you tight. Whether it's the picture of kids, right? Whether it's the kid that's trying to run and do the thing that's going to hurt them and the parent grabs them and holds them tight, whether they're kicking and screaming or whether it's the child that has just run into the parent's room in the midst of the storm and they're just freaked out about everything and the parent holds them close and holds them tight. Every one of those applications, that's what your God does. So God knows what is best for you, even if it doesn't feel like what is best. If you were to interact with the kid in the midst of that, like throwing his tantrum, like they're like, no, you don't love me. Why is it that parents here, you don't love me? It's because they don't know any better. They don't know the end. They, they haven't lived life. The parent knows this is good for them and God knows and it's good for you. And God knows you better than you know yourself. In every age, particularly in our age, people want to be known. They want to be known. They want people to know them. They want to know other people. But then we're kind of in this situation where we put on this face because we're so freaked out about actually being known because if people found out what we're actually like, there's no way they're going to want to be our friend. They're going to distance themselves from us. Some of you have experienced that. Yeah, once they found this out, Here's the thing, your God already knows. He knows every single detail and it has not changed his disposition towards you. In fact, he know, knew the, the worst things that you would do and he sent his son Jesus to the cross so that you could have unhindered fellowship with him. So if you're longing to be known, just know you already are and that God wants to have fellowship with you. He has full knowledge of every detail of your life. And he's going to hold you close and does hold you close. As he knew our thoughts and our actions before he sent his son to the cross. 
And also there's a reality, we can't hide our sin from God. No secrets, images, thoughts, fantasies, we can't hide any of that from the Lord. He sees it. And some of you are going to be like, I just feel, I feel naked right now. My, I'm, my clothes are on and I'm in the back. No one's looking at me, but why? I'm, I'm no, God knows. He knows. And he's not standing back there ready to just kind of haul off and smack you. No, the text says he hems you in, lays his hand upon you. That's why the psalmist says such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high. I cannot attain it. Now, when we learn this about God, when we learn that God is all knowing and that it, can, it causes us to do a couple of different things. It can cause us to do what the psalmist does, to be in wonder. Oh, God, that's just amazing that you know. Or sometimes it's like, you know, and then we take off. We take off because we want to live our lives the way we want to live our lives or because we don't like where we're at. And so we take off. We're in the book of Jonah right now as a church. And I can tell you that what we're about to read next is absolutely true. If I couldn't tell you that, Jonah could tell you that. You can't run from the Lord. You can't. Because our God is all present. There's a, a word called omnipresent. It's a theological word, but it just means God's present everywhere, all the time. In every time. So not just in this moment, but also in the next moment. Because he was there present when I was over here. And he's present there. And he's going to be present here. He's present. Let's let, soak on that for a bit. Your brains will just kind of blow and you'll be with Jesus. Right, that when you read, he's filled with the fullness of God, you're like, what that is? Like, that's what happened to Enoch. Like, he's just walking and then he just, he's with the Lord. So we look at verse seven, where shall I go from your spirit? Or where shall I flee from your presence? And your presence, when it says your presence, it has the flavor in the original of like God's face, seeing his face. He's face to face. Not text, not social media, not, uh, not Zoom call, not, he's personally present. There's nothing like being present with someone, but, but, but with the God of the universe because of what Christ has done. Face to face. If I ascend to heaven, you're there. If I make my bed in Sheol, you are there. God's present both in life and in death. He's not just present in life, he's present in death. He's present in death no matter where you're going because you're going to meet him and interact with him. His justice is happening in one place in death and his blessing is happening in another place in death. So God is present. You can't even, can't even die and, and leave him. Well, here's great news, right? Jesus conquered death. So don't get, don't get focused on that. Don't get morbid when I mention God's there in death. Jesus conquered death. Victory has victory over death because it couldn't hold him. So the text goes on. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your right hand shall lead me. Even there your hand shall lead me, your right hand shall hold me. So you're not familiar with the story of Jonah. Jonah's called to go preach to Nineveh to see them repent and come to know God. And he decides to go the other way. He gets in a boat. 
that is taking him to a place that in, in his day basically was the other side of the world. Jonah thought, I'm just going to go to the other side of the world away from the presence of the Lord. No sooner does he get in the boat uh, that a massive storm, God brings a storm up because you can't run away from the Lord. Even when you're disobeying. It says, your right hand shall lead me. Your hand shall lead me, your right hand shall hold me. Even if you find yourself in disobedience, in running from the Lord, he even, he's even there. Because many people even talk about Jonah, they think, they talk about the fish being like judgment. Yeah, you don't want to get swallowed by a fish, so you better obey the Lord. No, the fish was a mercy. Because God could have had those sailors toss him over and have him go to the bottom of the ocean like every shipwreck story you've ever heard about and never to be seen no more. But God wasn't done with Jonah. And he wanted to continue, he still wanted to use Jonah, who ran the other way. So God goes there. Even when you find yourself in disobedience, even if you have done that, God's going to still use it. Because even in Jonah's disobedience, a whole ship of sailors comes to know God and worships him. So God can still even use you in your disobedience. That's how amazing God is. And this section finishes with, if I say, surely the darkness shall cover me. And the light about me be night. Even darkness is not dark to you. The night is bright as the day, for darkness is as light with you. God doesn't just have night vision goggles. I've never got to put those on, but I've known some people in the military. And I'm like, that's going to be so cool. Put them on and you can like see stuff when it's dark outside. But you know, it's just kind of a, it's kind of a haze. But the Bible teaches us here that when it's dark, when it's pitch black... God sees as if it were brighter than the brightest day that you've ever been awake for. Darkness is as light with him. God is not hindered because of darkness. God is not distracted because of darkness. God's not fumbling around going, where are we going to go? Maybe I'll fall off the stage. Maybe I won't. No. He sees it as clear as you've ever seen something. That's what that's God's ability. That's he's because he's present and and knowing. So God, you can't run from him. And if you're here this morning and you have been running from him, he's calling you to stop. He's calling you to stop and and encounter his son Jesus where you can this morning before you leave here today, you can pray, Father, forgive me. I know you know everything about me. I, have, I can't hide it from you. You can pray that this morning. I'd love to pray with you afterwards or the pastors or staff here, small group leaders. Because he knows. And he's not standing there ready to be like, eh. he's standing there wanting you to meet his son so that you can be forgiven of your sins. And if you've walked away from the Lord, the Bible says if you confess your sins, he's faithful and just to forgive you of your sins and to cleanse you of all unrighteousness. So when you're kind of hindered, like, no, I've screwed up. I've just screwed up too much this time. God's present. 
He's been present the whole time. You might not have been looking at him, but he's been looking and thinking thoughts about you. And he's just been waiting for you to turn because he's there. He's not let you run off. Right? Some kids, you put them on the playground and they think they're free. They think that no one sees them running. Oh, but we know the parents are watching. They're there. They're not there to catch their kids. They're just there to make sure they're okay. Your God is there. They already talked about God cares for us even when we run. He's tender. And if you're a parent, just know that your children can't outrun the Lord. They may have outrun you. They may have left your home. They may have rejected Christ. They can't outrun God just like you couldn't. So you can have hope in God. God is present in every moment of your life. You are not alone. This is true for church planners. We feel like we're alone all the time. No one else understands, so we know. But you all have felt that way. No one understands what I'm going through. No one gets it. I'm all alone. I'm sitting in a room of a ton of people, and I'm completely alone. Nope. You are not alone. He knows every place. Sit down, rise up. I'm not going to go through the motions, but I can have you stand up. I can have you run out into the entryway. We could run out into the parking lot. God's there. He's already there. He's probably opening the door for you to walk out because he's going with you. You are not alone. You're not alone when you are getting ready to cut yourself. Or drink yourself to sleep. Oh, and you think this is it. You're not alone. Because God sees clearly in the midst of the darkness. When you read, if surely the darkness shall cover me, some of you are like, yeah, that's me. I haven't really heard anything else you've said because that's, the darkness has covered me. No, no one, no one can break through. You need not be afraid when the darkness is closing in on you because God sees and he knows and his son Jesus knows because at the point of uh, looking crucifixion in the face. He's praying so desperately. He can't run to his friends to go, do you understand what I'm going through? No, he sweat drops of blood. He knows the darkness and he's with you in it because he says he would never leave you or forsake you. And even when you like, I can't hang on anymore, he is hanging on to you. He's hanging on to you. And God has been thinking about you since before you were thinking. As we're going to learn in, in this, this next section, God knows about the details about you. And he's all powerful because he's all creative. He's created all things. But that just shows that he's intentional and he's personal. So we just, just know there's this relationship that happens. It says, for you formed my inward parts. 
You knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you for I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works, O Lord. My soul knows it very well. Some of us just read that. We're like, yeah, well, God creates things because that's what he does. He created the world and it's, it's really great. And, you know, there's 27 million different kinds of peppers and, you know, it's, it's great. But, you know, I, it just doesn't feel personal. God made it personal. God said he knows everything about you. Like he, he knows all the the cells in your body. We all just think externally. He knows all those little, he knows you have ugly feet, right? He knows you have ugly feet. Even though you hide them with the shoes, he knows. You know, he knows we have ugly heads, you know, except for the bald people in the room. They have great heads because God, God gave them no hair. He knows everything about you. And because he created you, and he doesn't make junk. He says, I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. It's not just that, you know, like, like VeggieTales used to say. I don't even know if people watch VeggieTales anymore. Because we don't like to think about salad. Right? We should. God made you special. He did. And he loves you very much. It's true. But not because you're awesome. Because he's awesome. I mean, look around the room. Look at all the differences and idiosyncrasies and all that's different in just this room, let alone when you walk out the doors. He's intentional. Complex patterns woven together to bring him glory. Because your frame was not, his frame was not hidden from your frame was not hidden from him when you were being made in secret, intricately woven in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed substance. In your book were written every one of them the days that were formed for me when as yet there were none of them. Past, present, and future. He knew your past, present, and future before you were a twinkle in your parents' eye. In fact, before they had eyes because it was before they were created too. That's how much... He's intentional with these things. So he's numbered your days. How precious to me are your thoughts, O God. How vast is the sum of them. I would count them. They are more than the sand. I awake and I am still with you. Even when you are sleeping, he's there. When you are having a hard time going to sleep in the watches of the night. He's there. But you know, when you're in that place every once in a while, you kind of you doze because you're tossing and turning about the things that are going on in your life. And you just you got to think through them. You got to think through them some more. That's why you keep waking up. That's why you keep the notepad on the side of your bed so you can write it all down so you can make sure you can figure it out because we need to make sure it goes. And, and he's present and sees, and he's with you. So when you wake up, it's like he was sitting there next to the bed, like, like when someone visits somebody else in you know, the hospital and they finally come to and there's been that loved one that's been sitting there the whole time. Well, that is your God. So the implications of that are he cares for you. 
You are not a product of chance. You were created with intentional design. You are created with intentional design. So if you're here and you're a junior high kid and you're just like, my body just doesn't look right. I remember being in junior high because my voice did this and I would talk and one day I would sound like a man and then the next day I would sound like I wasn't and then, whoa, and you know, and I had these pimple things all over my face and I got them like two years before everybody else did and everyone let me know that, right? And so you're thinking, God messed up. I know your parents have told you this, but I'm going to tell you this. No, you're fearfully and wonderfully made and wonderful are his works. They're wonderful. You're just kind of seeing it in the middle. And before you think it's about, oh, well, one day you're just going to be beautiful, you know, and, and girl, you know, it's not about your external appearance. Actually, in the midst of the trials that you're going through right now, trying to figure it all out, God's working on your heart because that's what he cares about most. Because this earth suit's going to be gone one day. And he's growing you. He's causing you to look to him and not to you. So you can stop looking in the mirror. Why? Because you're fearfully and wonderfully made. And you can start looking to him. As the wind and the waves come, you look to him. And I'm speaking to you, who the youngers who are here. I know the olders that are here, because I'm sure there's no woman here who's struggling with their appearance. Not a single one. I mean, this church, there's so many godly women that go to this church. They, they broke all their mirrors when they came to know Jesus. And guys, before, before you think, oh yeah, it's just the ladies, you know, I've seen you do this in the mirror, right? And you do this and you kind of do this. And then if you have a little daughter, she comes up and she pokes you in the belly and lets you know. <laughs> I know it's a lot of fun, but you are fearfully and wonderfully made. It's meant for you to look to him. The differences that you have show you have an amazing creator who cares about every detail of your life. And he's numbered your days so that you can live without fear. He's numbered your days. I think about some of great war heroes like Stonewall Jackson or Desmond Doss or Alvin York, Desmond Doss, the Hacksaw Ridge guy, Sergeant Alvin York. You got to watch the black and white film to find out about him. But all these guys, they have these stories where they're in battle and bullets are flying by them and they're, they're, you know, these crazy things are happening. And the thing is with them, it's not like they would say, I was so brave. I worked it up and I just could go. No, they were like, my days are numbered. You mean you walked through that place with all that? Yeah, because that was what it was going to do to serve or, you know, Stonewall Jackson, like I think bullets went like through his hat. And he stood Stonewall because he sat on the, because he knew his days were numbered. That doesn't mean we go out and we do stupid things going, I trust the Lord. No, that doesn't mean we do crazy dumb things just to test God. But we can trust him. Our days are numbered, every single one. And we can live without fear. Because God is giving every day we are given 
He's given your life meaning and purpose for his glory. Ephesians 2.10 says, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Each of those days was created, not just so that you could get through them, but so that you could use them to bring him glory. That's what they are for. Now, of course, as we look at this text, this is a text that we go to when we talk about the value that we have for the unborn because God values prenatal embryos that he has created in his image. And that's why we, we advocate for rights or support organizations like Life Plan and we help people considering very weighty things, but we also care for moms and, and dads who have gone through abortion because God cares for them. Maybe you're in that place or space. God cares for you. He loves you. It's how we even love, we think about loving those who seem unlovable outside of our context, those who are different, those who are advocating for things that kind of make us, our heads spin. How is it that we can love those who don't know Christ and who are advocating for things that aren't helpful? Because they're fearfully and wonderfully made. They were made in God's image and their days were numbered to bring him glory. How might God use you to share Christ with them, to help them realize the significance that their lives are? Because their significance isn't rooted in their political perspective or their hobby horse issue. That's where they think their significance lies. But their significance lies in the same place where your significance lies, that you are created on God's image to bring him glory. Before we go on to the next point, we're talking about God intricately weaving. Some of you have, have lost children. And I realize as we hit that, that's the only, that's, you've stopped thinking since we hit that verse. Because you've lost a child. Maybe it was before they took their breath. Maybe it was sometime after. Maybe it was when they were 20. No matter how many days they had, each day was ordained from the Lord each day, each and every day. Each day brought God glory. So if you're tempted to think oh, a life that was wasted, it was never wasted. Every moment was used for God's glory. And you can find hope in that. And every moment of your life was created to bring him glory. There's just so much stuff in this psalm. There's so much. We, we're barely mining the, the, the edges of it. That's why this is my favorite psalm. But then this psalm takes a weird turn. Like all this wonderful stuff. And now... Now there's some verses that tell me it's okay that the neighbor that I hate would get struck by lightning. That's so awesome. Thank you, God. Smite them, you mighty smiter. Boom. You all were thinking it when I read it. 
What's happening there is simply the writer of the Psalms is, is connecting with the, the justice of God. We want to hate the things that God hates. But we want to have a, a zeal for God. So really, when you read those, that's a zeal for the things of God and who he is. Because our God is holy. He's perfect like no other. He's like no other. That's why the psalmist can appeal in those ways. He's exalted. That's why when we sing, we sing the songs that we sing because he is like no other. Like the song we sang right before the announcements. Holy, holy. Because he is. And when we confront that, we, we don't have words That's why when you encounter this God, he's not just a lighthouse. So that, that illustration is helpful, right? It's the place that we need to focus. But the lighthouse illustration falls short because it's off in the distance. And our God is near. The lighthouse is off in the distance that you're focusing your attention. You know the direction to go. But our God focuses our attention to go. But he's also very present. He's a very present help in times of trouble. He is near. And so when we're confronted with him, the natural response is, search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts and see if there be any grievous way in me. We're undone. We're undone when we grasp these things. And that's where God wants us to be. He wants us to put our phones down. He wants us to encounter him. The light of your phone and your TV and the excitement that you get from the things that you do, they just don't compare to when you encounter this God. Because when you do, you're going to fall on your knees. Say, search me, oh God. And you know when you're on your knees, he's not going to take advantage of you. He's not going to crush you. He's not going to smack you upside the head. No, he's going to come next to you and put his arms around you and remind you of what he's done for you and his son, Jesus Christ. He's going to stand you up and you're going to be like, lead me. Lead me in the way everlasting. Guide me, Lord, because this world is hard. The stuff I read in the news just makes me want to be done. I fear for my kids. I'm just struggling. And he will guide you. So I want to encourage you as you've been going through the Psalms. Take this Psalm with you after the summer. Memorize it, meditate on it, chew on it, treasure it. I needed this psalm this morning when I got up. I, I needed it. I needed it for me and where my heart was at. I needed it and it delivered on so many levels. I've never been to a small group meeting where this psalm didn't deliver. I've never sat in a counseling session where this psalm didn't deliver. I never prayed for someone after church where this psalm didn't deliver. 
I've never been in a spot where I didn't want to talk to anyone where this psalm didn't deliver. Because this psalm points me to the fact that God is all-knowing and all-powerful and creative and ever-present. And he is near. So my prayer is that when you leave this place, you'll forget the silly things that I've said that really don't matter. But you'll take this with you because these are his words, his inspired words. The Bible calls them breathed out by God. And as you read them, I pray that you would encounter the one who gave his life for you. Let's pray. Father, you have met us this morning in your word. And I pray for the saints here, even all the saints. Lord, that we would get a picture of who you are. That we would be reminded that we can come to you because of what Christ has done. we can remember that we are not alone. Father, there's so many truths in here that I can't reiterate in a short time. Lord, would the saints here treasure these truths and would they be with them until they see Jesus face to face and then they'll never forget them ever again. We ask all this, Lord, in Jesus' name and all God's people said, amen.